So, Pastor McCall, you willing to go ahead and open us with prayer? Let us do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty Father, you have given us uh, many good things. You have created all things, us and all creatures. You have bestowed upon us the gifts of faith, duty, and dominion, and uh, have emboldened us, emboldened us by your gift of the Holy Spirit to live um, good lives, lives uh, driven by your word and, and your spirit. We pray that you bless us with wisdom, bless, uh, bless us with uh, joy as the children of God assembled now to discuss uh, not just today, but uh, the future and hopefully generations to come. Bless the work of our hands, the work of our minds, and all the endeavors that we seek to to carry out in this day and time the glory of your holy name. We pray to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. 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 Uh, hello, everybody. Um, I guess we might as well go ahead and dive in. Um, our goals last time that I had asked Titus to set for us were, let me see here, it was... Number one was touch grass. How many of you have managed to make it outside for <laughs> maybe an hour sometime in the last six months since we met? <laughs> Does snow count? <laughs> snow can count. No snow here, so plenty of grass on my part. Uh, after that, we had to invite someone over to your dwelling. Has anyone had any guests? I, I know that Pastor Miranda has. I believe I have. Yes. Oh, we had the we had the guys out here. I've uh, actually a few weeks, uh, well, not a few weeks, few months ago uh, for the men's retreat. Yeah, I think that's been since last meeting. <laughs> yeah. Any yeah. other guests since then? Yeah, More coming today, bit. actually. So. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Uh, I've actually managed to get people over here a few times, two of them new um, new families that I'd never had over here before, which also ties in with, uh, what was it? Meet someone from a nearby church. So I've actually managed that with three, even aside from the, the traveling with speaking to pastors about paper and such. Uh, one of them I actually met on the side of the road. I saw him out there, and I decided that anybody who had the guts to be standing on the side of the road, holding up a sign, calling people out for exactly what abortion is, which is murder, was probably worth at least speaking to for a moment. And it, it turned out that he was worth speaking to. Uh, in fact, he'll probably be one of the next guests here at my house, him and his family all together. And... I also, there's a family that is involved with my daughter's dance group that very well may be the only other legitimate Christians within that group. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, what our two families kind of stick out like sore thumbs. But, uh, they actually have one more kid than me. <laughs> I've got five. They've got six. Uh, and... Yeah, within the liberal world that is ballet. <laughs> I, we, we seem to be uh, peas in a pod. They came over, our kids hit it off, and we'll actually be heading to their house next weekend. There you go. 
Very good. Yeah, so, I met him at uh, I met him at our service last week. Good folks, seems like. Yeah, very. Uh, how about y'all? Anybody managed to meet some people from nearby churches? Uh, so, like I was saying, the because uh, I've been volunteering at the Master's Classical School here in town in Sullivan. Um, they're not affiliated with any church, so you have different people from all different churches. I mean, maybe it's Baptist. Excellent. Um, and actually, if the uh, they they've been really impressed with me just showing up, um, they're like, "Is <laughs> this?" And I'm like, "Well, I do." So. <laughs> Um, but it's actually led to, they're asking me about, they want me to talk to them about infant baptism. Oh, uh, because the, uh, um, Jason and his wife, Tammy, they're the ones who kind of started everything up because they didn't want their kids going through the public school system. So their son, Tucker, who currently attends or attends Hillsdale for, he's just studying classics as a major. Um, he was kind of the guinea pig. And he has been searching for more high church, um, I guess, experiences, because that's largely what's coming out of the Baptist side of things. So mm-hmm. he's been going Anglican um, up there, but he and the headmaster for Masters Classical, they're like, well, I mean, we grew up doing the adult baptism thing and never really discussing or even, you know, mentioning infant baptism. So could you speak to us about it? I'm like, yeah, I could put something together. That was actually supposed to be today. But I think the uh, they have a uh, a dinner theater going on um, to ah. Thursday through Saturday evenings. And if it hadn't been for that and probably this meeting, I would have been discussing that with them today. But other things occurred on their end and my end. So, all right. Um, anybody else? Well, I haven't quite. Uh, I haven't made contact with them yet, but. Uh friend of a uh, former student of my dad's going to be reaching out to him soon. I'm not sure where he attends right now, but he's been looking towards uh, more traditional stuff. So uh, we'll see how that goes pretty soon. And you said you might be bringing him down to New Jerusalem, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That's the Excellent. hope. Very cool. Um, that is the church that uh, we're planting about 20 minutes south of me. 30 minutes or so south of Drake. Uh, is the name set in stone? No. No, that, okay. well. So well, the, the Church of the New Jerusalem is a, is a religion. It's a really funky, funky one. Um, so just know that before you start. <laughs> no, the, uh, the area is actually called New Jerusalem because it was settled by uh, some Reformed and Lutherans together who, uh, you know, they they came down, they planted the church, they shared the building, uh, had the separate services. Eventually, the uh, eventually the Lutherans built a new building, and so now there is a New Jerusalem Reformed, a New Jerusalem Lutheran, but they went ELCA and died for it, so. Now the building just stands there with the name still on it. Hey! Woke up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Time, eventually, we it might get a, eventually it got, might get a new name, but for now, we're not bothering to change the sign until we actually get some agreements a little closer to set in stone. 
Wonderful. <laughs> uh, and the last one, I don't imagine anybody's going to have any problems with this one. It was to identify one to three things about your yo- locality that bother you. He's uh, <laughs> got one? Uh, I, uh, Minneapolis. <laughs> the oh, existence of Minneapolis. My sincerest condolences. Say more. Anybody else? Really, just that was kind of low hanging fruit, but one of the most egregious things. I'm just north of a uh, mid sized town called High Point, and going into High Point to do anything, you look at it and the way it's built. It is not built for human beings. It's buildings slapped attached to a highway. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel like a town. It's a place that I dip into to grab groceries and leave as quickly as possible. You're it, visiting it, the economic zone. How does it make you feel? <laughs> it makes me feel like, why are there so many Muslims and Hindus at a grocery store in a moderate inland North Carolina town? And there's a Sikh temple on Skate Club Road, which just weirds me out. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a little odd, to be certain. Anybody else want to throw any out there? I'll say that mine, in, in my, this, this is kind of odd to me. So in all my traveling around, speaking to different pastors and such. If you look at my map in my hometown here in Thomasville, I visited almost no churches here. There are a handful, but not many at all. Go to Winston. I visited more churches in a city 45 minutes away from me than I have in my hometown. And it comes down to one thing. The sheer number of churches in Thomasville and in its vicinity that never open their doors on any day except Sunday. Pastor is not present at the building. Nobody's present at the building, not even a church secretary. It's it's really, really odd to me that nobody's ever there. And I mean, like I said, this is the pattern. I how many churches do you think there are in Thomasville, Drake? Yeah, hundred, hundred and fifty. There's there's a bunch, including at least a couple of Baptist churches that are directly across the street from each other. Yeah, and yeah, the only ones that you find open during the week, uh, I know of one that has yes. consistent Wednesday services. I've been to that one because they have the consistent Wednesday services, and. Other than that, if they're in Thomasville, pretty much the reason I've gotten to speak to them is because they have a school attached, so they're open. Mm-hmm. Huh. And and that's like two, three of them at the most. Yeah, it, it it's odd, and it, it is kind of driving home to me why people are so biblically illiterate if two hours on a Sunday – at maximum is the best anybody's got to give then 
yeah the the surveys you know we actually had some surveys run in relation to this church plant that we're doing and yeah surveys always skew liberal because they're always the ones who are willing to answer a survey but even with that skewing in what should be an exceptionally conservative area of the state nearly 50% of people support abor- support abortion Goodness gracious. Yeah. You're talking about uh, the survey of uh, Denton? Yeah. A uh, slightly higher percentage of support for gay marriage. And I, and like Drake just said, this is Denton. This isn't even Thomasville, but Denton's got the same pattern. I, I go down there a lot. And uh, I don't think I've managed to go to a single church in Denton. In spite of the time I spend down that way, they're never open. In fact, uh, there are a couple that I've become convinced are probably abandoned because I've driven past them on Sundays and they weren't open either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Denton is even more rural and by extension, you would expect it to be even more conservative. And yeah, no. That, that's the area that we got this survey done, and yeah, like I said, nearly 50% support on abortion. I think just a touch over 50% support on gay marriage. It's, yeah. it's messed I think, up. I think part of that is just reductionism, where it's like, what is church? And the answer slowly becomes more and more restricted until it's, you know, some songs and a sermon on a Sunday, and that's it. Well, it's, yeah. it's just lip service. <clears throat> Um, yeah, you know, instead of the church being the beating heart of a community, it's it's a uh, a Sunday morning TED talk. Yeah, pretty much. Who was I speaking about that with a, just a day or two ago about wanting to see a church that or a town that actually has a church as as its heart? Seems like it was one of you guys. Uh. I think I remember you bringing that with, with me. I don't remember which, because I don't remember it being on the call. What was that two nights ago? That actually might have been what it was, because Drake and I and Golgotha were there, uh, and you, of course, and then uh, one of our other buddies. But I think that's where he brought it up. It's it's the internal combustion engine, you know. The <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we don't we don't have neighborhood churches anymore. We don't have uh, you know churches that are centered that that a community or rural area or a small town are centered on anymore. I mean, everyone drives. Uh, you know, I I was talking with we've got a town not too far from which is a real nice little town about I don't know four or five thousand probably. Um, the the pastor there told me that 50% of the LCMS people in that town do not go to his church. They drive into Omaha and Council Bluff and oh. go to the church. And, that, and that's just the phenomenon everywhere. Why? Yeah. How far is that drive for, for them? them? Uh, for them, Glen, Glenwood, Iowa to Council Bluffs, Omaha is less than 30 minutes. Okay. 
But the fact remains well, that Titus has joined us. How are you today? They're going, they're passing other churches to go to the one that they want to, you know, and that's, uh, I, I guess you could say that's a good thing in the sense that if you have a whole bunch of <laughs> liberal churches all around you or, or uh, squishy churches, you can, you can get in your car and get to the confessional one, mm-hmm. but, but there are some unintended consequences to that and some, uh, some great disadvantages. For sure. Yeah, you're probably, I don't know, you're definitely right about that. I guess it has made it easier for the the conservative tendency to retreat when things start getting ugly as far as, you know, what we would prefer to see. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what, fine, I just want to be left alone. I'll go over here. Leave me alone over here. And, yeah, the the, the cars have made that a lot easier to do. Huh? Even more reason for what we're doing here and trying to focus on our communities. <laughs> so, Titus, uh, we were just finishing up going over the goals that, that the four points that you had set for us last time. The touch grass, the invite somebody over, meet someone from another church and identify one to three things that you don't like about where you are. Uh, you want to go over any of those that you've done? Well, I, I can. Yes. And good to see y'all. I'll try to get my, uh, camera working at some point. Um, all right. Hello everybody. Um, I've been a little bit, uh, a little bit busy, uh, this, this afternoon so far. And in fact, it can kind of be relevant to all of the things that we're trying to talk about. So I'm going to conveniently dovetail everything that I'm already doing into, (laughs) into those activities. Um, because uh, this morning I actually got to go out to uh, the local uh, local abortion clinic. There's a monthly protest that has been set up by a group, the Rockford Family Initiative, to protest the presence of this abortion clinic on the west side of Rockford. And I've been going to that for uh, pretty consistently. Uh, for the last oh, year and a half or so, and singing, uh, just taking a hymnal and doing whatever I can. Uh, the good Roman Catholics on the other side of the street will pray the rosary through a megaphone, and whoever's there with me uh, will just go through the hymnal and sing various uh, hymns. And we're fortunate enough to have uh, a good number of the people from the community join us. Uh, I'm trying to I think on my hands right now, probably about 14 people uh, were there from uh, either St. Paul or the extended community. There's one fellow who's not from the church, uh, oh. who I've made a friend of mine uh, who I met at a uh, pro family rally uh, up further north where he lives, where we were protesting the uh, planned drag queen story hour at a library last summer. And since then, I've been able to work with him. And yeah, Trent was there. It was wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity there. Uh, since then, I have found he is a member of the local uh, Republican Party, active member. Uh, and so I'll see him at those monthly meetings, uh, which has been very nice uh, to coordinate. And with him have met other uh, members of the party uh, and gotten involved with some other activities uh, that have 
just started slowly building a network uh, locally. Uh, so I guess he could he could count um, for this purpose. But we were out there singing hymns for about an hour and ten minutes or so. Um, threw in a couple couple of the good Reformation hymns just to um, remember what's going on. But we actually had counter protesters for the first time today. So the the nice Reformation hymns about uh, not fearing the foe. Uh, who would seek to silence the gospel, in this case, did not apply to our friends across the street praying the rosary, uh, but uh, to those who were standing there say, uh, trying to shut us down for making a pro-life stance. And there were about three or four cop cars in the area. So th- there's there's a definite presence uh, against us that we were standing against. And for the last, it was about the last two years, um, we've we've been we the Lutheran group that I have coordinated has gone and just sung hymns, and that's what we do, and it creates a tenor, uh, an energy in the space that has consistently been very helpful for the message we're trying to bring. It's not about hostility. It's not about picking a fight. It's not about shouting over you. It's about we're going to. We believe that beauty and truth matter, and we're going to elevate those things as best we can with the tools at our disposal. Uh, so that was very good uh, to go outside and sing with uh, people from the neighborhood and the community. We've got a fellow visiting from uh, Minnesota visiting the community uh, this week, so he came out with us. I picked him up on the way, and we've got friends from. Uh, Southern Illinois, who are visiting as well. Um, they're actually staying with us for the weekend. So uh, we had dinner with them last night. We're having uh, dinner with them tomorrow. And so that hosting aspect, that's that's there. Um, I guess to broadly expand it as well, just to talk about some other victories, there's a Presbyterian, I believe, family, or I think they're, I think they're Presbyterian family, that moved in down the road, um, Nine daughters, one son. Oh, uh, wow. Eldest married, eldest uh, few married. Um, uh, but big household. And um, they, uh, they've they invited us over for a number of events and we've participated in that. So it's another, uh, that's been another avenue of integrating with local Christians. And the they're not doing things the same way that we do as Lutherans. They're not talking about things the same way we do as Lutherans. But uh, they invited us over for Reformation Day instead of Halloween, right? Because mm-hmm. they recognize that this is a this is a day, and they're not going to do a big hymn sing the way that we would because it's not part of their culture. But the fact that they reached out, and in some ways, for for my sake, in in terms of my own growth, the fact that I was comfortable saying, you know what, yes, let's at least build this relationship because I can walk to your house, and you know, with with my pregnant wife who was due tomorrow oh, wow. that was a bit much but uh yeah so since then we've been very fortunate and uh you know Kesset has been a an absolute blessing uh so he's about almost three months old now uh and it's been it's been very good but i'm gonna walk to your house and we're gonna celebrate together and we're going to build a build a network in this neighborhood that is about the important things that matter and that is you confess christ and 
you care about that in your community. So let's work together. Uh, there have been another number of other people who have had a chance to come through and visit, but uh, that's been the, the greatest benefit, just getting involved with the local, local political environment and being a face within that group of bold, confident faith uh, that nonetheless is willing to uh, be patient with those who might have a less than less than orthodox position on certain matters um, and recognizing in some ways the political necessity for the good of the poor of working together with them to do good because that's what matters uh, politically is that we work together for the good of the poor uh, and it's not good for the poor to be ruled by pagan kings right? because they will shed blood um, shall the throne of iniquity which devises evil by law have fellowship with you oh Jesus Christ uh, no that's Psalm 94 highly recommend it um, for the work we're doing um, to to pray for your government but uh, mm -hmm. That's that's what we lead off every every rally with, and uh, that has been a an anchor of trusting in the Lord, and then being able to confidently praise His name, knowing that we've cast cast our cares on Him and asked Him to deliver us, and uh, trusting that He will He will save save the uh, those who cannot tell their right hand from their left that He He desires for them to be saved. Um, yeah. the 120,000 and much cattle. And Wait. you just saying deliver us. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got kids that are old enough that just saying those two words immediately puts the song from Prince of Egypt in my mind. And honestly, I don't think that's inappropriate. I think that's probably one that we should bother uh, remembering at some point. <laughs> Anybody have anything to add to what Titus said? I think. Well, uh, go I, ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's. Uh, <clears throat> it's. Not, I appreciate that perspective in particular because uh, some of the other uh, groups that I'm in uh, tend towards very heavily Lutheran slash Roman Catholic. And there's this strange belligerence towards uh, interacting in any capacity with anyone who's not past a certain point of tradition. Mm -hmm. It's like it, Presbyterians aren't our enemies, you know? but for some reason there, there's this, and maybe it's just the ones that I hang out with. But there's this weird trend to somehow ignore all the other horrible things happening in favor of. Uh, Treating Calvinists as this menace to all good things. It's like that's that's not real. Stop yeah. doing that. That's a waste of effort. Yeah. And it, it matters what your what's your goal. If your goal is to build mm -hmm. a Christian society, finding people who find their justification from like rigorously living things out, that's that's a they're allies. Those are your friends. Yes. Now, yeah, recognizing especially the history that's behind 
some of these some of these groups means that we have to understand there are tensions. You know, the Lutherans and Roman Catholics have underlying disagreements that we can't just wash over. And in the same way, uh, this exists with other denominations. We're at war with with the greatest threat to Christendom since since uh, the Ottoman what? Empire. Yeah, well, I was going to say the Turk, um, Mohammedan heresy. Best. And and the thing is, at the moment, Christendom has fallen. Right, we have to we have to kind of acknowledge that that we're not in control. Now, Christ is in Christ is control. Uh, Christ is king. Nonetheless, as regards the the people who are who are running the the world and who is who is moving the the kingdoms of the earth, these are not people who are willing to submit to the scriptures as uh, as true inerrantly right. true and finding whoever we can who's going to be an ally in that fight matters as your initial conversation so i could understand it if you, if you, you know, the united methodists some of those guys are going to be allies some of them have gone the uh gone astray mm -hmm. elca is the same way right it's not just about lutheran it's what do you believe about the fundamental about fundamental truth and that's why what we're fighting is an older battle than, than uh, this century or the last century. It's, it's a, it's a long battle, um, going back to, in some ways, the uh, Enlightenment, and we've just been on the back foot ever since then. So we're doing we're doing pretty well, right? So I have a, a interesting story about a successful Christian society that has blossomed. Um, went to Kansas a month ago uh, to visit my parents, and uh, we we had heard about this cathedral that was built, uh, just newly built in the past year, halfway between Topeka and Manhattan, in a town called St. Mary's, Kansas. This is a $40 million cathedral that was built beautiful i mean just gorgeous so we you know we figured we'd, we'd come down to to come see it um and uh we learned a lot about this community they had a cathedral that or uh, uh that built down that uh got burned down in 1978 and since then they've been up till now they've been raising money to build this cathedral so they have had a 50-year vision about not only building a cathedral, but uh, essentially taking over the community, and and they have it. It it was pretty incredible. There, ever since this cathedral has been built, there are new shops, bookstores, uh, coffee shops, uh, all through the town of St. Mary's. My wife made a comment that she was in jeans and she felt out of place because every mm -hmm. woman was in long skirts. When we went to visit the cathedral, they had mass in about 15 minutes, and uh, every uh, girl, woman that was coming in had a headscarf on. Um, the men were very well-dressed. Um, there was, a, and, and we actually learned that this is an uh, SSPX community, um, sort of a break-off of the Roman Catholic Church that rejects Vatican II, and so my dad has been 
learning up about SSB. It was just it's just very interesting that that these people were very intentional about creating a Christian society and were successful after fifty years of of work. Um, so I just wanted to just give you a kind of a, a feel good story of a success. Um, and, and, you know, can also talk about the time frame that we have as Christians. Um, uh, but yeah, we were, we were sitting down to eat and this, this family of nine came down and, and sat down to eat. And it was, it was perfectly normal for that, for, for that, uh, for that community. It was, it was just, it was interesting. It was kind of fun. Um, I love and it. was just really happy for, uh, what they were able to do, uh, in St. Mary's, Kansas. It, it only took 50 years. I, I know it only took 50 years for them to raise $40 million for, for, uh, and, and we, we heard that, that young people and young families are just flocking to this area. Um, and, and so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised at all. Um, well, uh, from there, uh, how about we segue over to some other successes that, have been getting posted, uh, especially with you and Pastor Morunde. How about y'all talk about what we've got going on with Lyra? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, big news here in January. We, um, uh, where should I even start? I should probably start with, uh, uh, we fully, we've always been associated with Luther Classical College. That's been on our promotional material from the very beginning, all that sort of thing. Uh, but we kind of made it the big public reveal, so to speak, to really make it explicit when we uh, when we um, uh, interviewed Dr. McPherson uh, after the turn of the year. And so we kind of got that information out. That generated quite a bit of buzz. Um, not as much buzz as when I post anything about Concordia University, Nebraska. I always get a lot of buzz whenever I, that happens. Um, but, uh, so that was good. Uh, that was a really, really positive thing to, to really publicize that relationship between Luther Classical College and us. Um, and the um, uh, that's going to be fruitful. We're going to be in the uh, uh, catalog for Luther Classical College, and they're going to be pointing students to us and all that sort of thing. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, number two is another big partnership that I've been working on for a number of months, and I, uh, some of you may have heard of it. I'm trying to think who, who I've told, uh, but we, we have established a relationship with a local trade school. So there is, and I had no idea they were even there. They, they started up three years ago. We have a trade school in Tarkio, Missouri, just down, down the road, about 30 miles down the road. And uh, it's a wonderful little, I, I, they, they essentially took over a dilapidated campus that had been um, abandoned for 15 years. And they are they're building a trade school on that campus, which is uh, really, a, I, I have a lot of kinship with them because I'm taking over a farm that's been abandoned for 15 years and trying to, trying to make Lyra out of it. So, um, so I, it, it, the campus kind of looks post-apocalyptic in some places, but they, they've got, they've got a couple buildings that they're, that they're fully <laughs> into and working with. And, uh, they've got plans for using the rest of the campus for the community because they're, they're not ever anticipating to as many students as Tarkio College used to have back in the day. Um, they provide a whole pile, and they're continuing to, to increase their offerings of one-year uh, trade certificates. 
um, welding, plumbing, HVAC. Uh, they're gonna, they're look, I can't remember if they've started electrical yet or they're getting into electrical, computer science, uh, health, uh, health fields, I think CNA, I believe. Um, whole bunch of them, they want to get into carpentry, um, get into as many trades as possible. And they're doing one year certificates with that, with those programs, with, with those programs, one year trade certificates. And so, what we are doing with them is we are providing the opportunity for students who come out here to the farm and learn the ag side and everything else that we've been promising that we can provide out here we can also give them the opportunity to drive 30 minutes down the road and get a trade uh, a trade certificate to get training in a trade Excellent. i really want lira to be uh lcc tech um, I, I think I think we have the opportunity here to provide to Lutheran students what uh, what the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod has not provided ever in its history. I mean, we, we've never had a Concordia tech. We've never had. Uh, if you're interested in the trades, the message of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod was we don't have a place for you. Um, you know, maybe we, we'll take your money when you get your job and you and you come and sit in our pew, but. Uh, um, we, we, we don't have any place for you to study. Um, now, I'm not going to be able to take hundreds and hundreds of students <laughs> for this, but um, some small way I can provide At an opportunity here for, for kids to come here, uh, get the farm stuff, get the you know little slice of classical education that I can give them, uh, Lutheran community, daily devotions, all that stuff, and then go down the road, uh, commute down there, and get a trade. Um, and have a professional certificate in a year, and uh, then go out and 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 provide for your family, provide for your community, with also those agricultural skills and everything else that we can, we we're already uh, pledging to give them. So I'm really pumped about it. I'm ex extremely excited about the opportunity here. Uh, it allows me to do all these trades here. Without actually having to have any facilities for them, <laughs> so so I, I essentially kids kids come <laughs> here. I don't have to have the labs. I don't have to have any of that equipment. They can commute down the road, go to Tarkio, and still be a part of this community here. So that is really really exciting. I'm really pumped to see what kind of fruit that provides as as the years go on. So I have a video on that. I think I shared it on Discord, um, uh, interviewing the the president of that. School. So that's number two. Uh, number three, the third big thing, and it kind of brings everything together, uh, is that we're launching our first student program. And the first student program we are we're going to do uh, is designed for LCC students. It doesn't have to be LCC students, but it's kind of it was kind of designed with in mind. And uh, LCC is not opening for another year, 2025, fall of 2025. Uh, so we were looking to give kids that are graduating from high school this year and, and wondering what do they do with their lives for a year before their school opens, uh, come out here. Come out here to the farm, spend the year with me, uh, learn the farm stuff. If you want, go down to Tarkio and, um, and get a certificate, trade certificate, uh, that sort of thing. And that, that really, uh, as far as things can go viral in our Lutheran world, that really did go viral. I was checking, you know, about 8,000 people saw that, saw that post. Now, uh, um, that's that's exciting. That's it will be at a point where we uh, where we can offer a program to students. Now we got a ton of work to do on the property 
to get ready for any students that may come. I, I'm waiting to see uh, what kind of interest, in it, if any, I'll have from students for this. Um, but the property, like, and maybe not necessarily the property, the property is going to be a work in progress for a few years here, but the facilities to, to house these kids mm. is going to be in. And Jacob has been working on kind of trying to, to give a bit of a vision for what it's going to look like on the uh, on the Lyra property. Um, and I've seen a few of these images, and uh, he's, uh, yeah, they're getting more detailed uh, than the last time I saw him. Um, so you can kind of see that on his... Well, yeah, it's it's a skeleton as of now. Um, I'm hoping to get a ton of more landscaping and beautify this area. Um, maybe provide, you know, find 3D files for maybe some animals. Um, you know, uh, put a little more um, kind of garden in here. Uh, much more landscaping to do around the entrance. Um, probably some more color changes on the buildings and... Chris, I think it'd be probably good for us to probably do a video chat sometime to uh, kind of add some stuff, um, kind of see what what more we want to show. But um, I'm pretty proud of what I've what I've done. The barn, you like the colors? And I love it. Um. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Still need to do some more kind of landscaping beautification around the front uh, that I want to probably do a little more detailed in. Um. But uh, a follow-up question uh, regarding um, the uh, the kind of the trade school and also the gap year uh, that, that you're planning. Um, to what degree would it be beneficial to have um, various professionals and industries to come in and like speak about what their industry is, what they do for their job? It almost I'm, as an engineer, I'm almost thinking like pre-engineering, mm -hmm. um, you know, like a mechanical or electrical engineer or a civil engineer coming in and saying what they do, um, kind of what their business is like for kids that are interested in, in that, in that realm of, uh, because being a tech school and in, in industry, if you think about hundred years ago, when, the 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 best engineering schools today started off as agricultural and <laughs> agricultural oh, schools. Really? So, yeah, um, like, if you think right. about Texas A and M mm -hmm. agricultural mechanical, Iowa State used to be a um, agricultural school, uh, and really in the in the in the engineering professional world, um, mm -hmm. most most people come from tech schools or A and M schools. Um, Back in the day in the 1800s, when, when schools began, when universities got started, there were really two types of schools. There were the agricultural schools and the mechanical schools or the tech schools, as they were called. And, and the, the um, more of the city universities that focus more on medical. So if you think about um, like A&M versus Texas, uh, the University of Texas, if you think about Iowa State versus... Iowa, if you think about Kansas State versus Kansas, um, you know, one of those schools is, is typically out in the rural area and another one is usually in, in kind of a larger town um, uh, geared toward different, um, uh, different realms. But um, yeah, excited to, uh, yeah, excited to see what, what fruitful, fruitfulness Lyra will become and um, yeah.
see the interest in students and the connection with uh, Luther Classical College. Um, and yeah, hoping to uh, yeah someday get this uh, rendering a little more fleshed out and hopefully use it as uh, that way you can use it as kind of advertising for donations to see what Lyra could become um, someday. The, those who have been to the farm and and Very there's at nice. least there's at least one of you here uh, who has been on the farm. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, it, it's still a work. I need to get up there sometime. Lot of up to be done. A lot of work to be done. So what Jacob can do is give an idea of what what the vision is, what what this what this property uh, is is going to look like into the future. Um, and we're you know we're we're making it happen little by little. And I'm thinking we might try and do another men's retreat at some point. We just uh, get more hands to work on the on the property at uh, at various times and uh, keep kind of getting this thing going while I while I continue to uh, different avenues, you know, speak about uh, revitalizing our rural community, our rural churches, uh, uh, local food, all all those kind of shticks that I that I usually do. I was able to talk with the future LCC students last week. I'll be on with Wittenberg Academy. I'll be talking about something else actually with them, but I'll, I'll put in an ad for this kind of stuff uh, with it uh, this coming week. So looking for opportunities to speak about that sort of thing and, and promote the kinds of things that, that we're talking about as, as a group here uh, with the stewards. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that all that is going on. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with that. I need to get up there sometime and visit. Glad to have you. I'm honestly amazed. <laughs> I, I'm kind of speechless that that much has happened in the last six months. It's <laughs> that's that's just wow. <laughs> and, and the opportunities, you know, I I really think you know, to to be able to support blue collar, the trades. Uh, I think is a tremendous opportunity, um, and like as you can probably tell, I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm pretty excited about this 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 connection. Absolutely. Um, one quick thing: I promised I'd give all of you an update on the the call that I had with American Reformer, and they've got a lot of stuff that is. I think it's going to dovetail really, really well with a lot of that. And, um, oh, how did he pronounce his name? Timon? I think it was Timon. Or it might have been Timon. Regardless of how you say his name, uh, one of the things that he said was, you know, e even on the projects that we can't work together on for, you know, maybe theological differences or maybe, you know, it's just not quite feasible for distance or whatever. At the same time, he wants to know what we've got going specifically so we don't step on each other's toes so that, you know, the resources can go where they can actually get used. Uh, one thing that I'm thinking about, Jacob, is with that, uh, what did they call it? Let me take a glance here. Uh, the Highland Rim Project. Did you read about that one, Jacob? So it is an uh, Highland what project? Highland Rim project. Highland and I think, Rim. Yeah, I think it was in Tennessee. I think it was Eastern Tennessee. 
they have bought the land or uh, they may not have bought it. it. It may just be an investment to uh, start bringing what they want there. I can't remember exactly. I spoke to them about so much and there were so many details that they're as broad as we are and they've been around for two years longer. So they've got a lot of things going. And yeah, this is an intentional community that they are working on planting right now. You can sign up to be on a wait list to buy into it and you know claim your chunk of this and help settle an area specifically to claim it as an area for Christ. Wait a minute now. Say say the first part of that again, because I was doing something for a second there. There's a wait list for for people to actually buy in on this project. It's in eastern Tennessee, uh, in the mountains. In fact, here, I'll... uh, let Let me snag that link. What's it called again? The Highland right. Rim Project. Highland Rim Project. Yeah, I posted it to the town square, but... Yeah, I see it. Highland Rim Economic? Yeah, I believe that's the right one. But I'll post it in the vocal chat here as well. Well, in the text side of the vocal chat. Well, maybe. If there we go. So, yeah, this is an area that is apparently going to be an intentional Christian community. And I didn't volunteer your services, Jacob, but I did specifically make a mental note to ask you. Is that the kind of thing that. You'd want to jump in on, and I think that if if they don't already have a civil engineer, I'm pretty sure that. It would probably be a long-term paid position. <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be something interesting to hopefully do in Iowa. Um, uh, yeah, I will have to read up on it. And uh, yeah, that's that's something that I want to be able to to provide eventually is um, the the planning efforts, the pre-engineering efforts, and the how to. Um, uh, I mean, that's, that, that is my job. I mean, that's what I do for a living exactly. uh, already. And, uh, um, yeah, it would be, it would be fun to also incorporate uh Christian community in, into, into those efforts. All right. Then if it's something that you're interested in possibly jumping in on the project, uh, if you don't mind, I'll, uh, try to get y'all linked up the next time I speak with them. Yeah, so you were able to meet with the um, the organizer of it? Uh, he's not quite the top guy, uh, and it was a phone conversation because he's in Florida. I'm in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we spoke for hour, maybe two hours. I can't remember exactly how long it was. But, yeah, they've got so many different things that they've got going on. Their, their founder... Uh, I cannot think of how you pronounce his name. It 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 makes me think of Attaboy. Uh, um, where's his name? Abatoy. Okay, uh, Joshua Abatoy. Uh, yeah, like he's a lawyer in Texas, mm-hmm. and 
and he's just throwing all kinds of resources at this. Their editor in chief is the one that I spoke to, and I, th- I, I think he's probably second or third in command on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's a former lawyer. He stepped completely away from that in order to just uh, be the editor for their publication. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're growing very quickly, especially to only have been around for three years. And yeah, they're Calvinistic, but so be it. (laughs) They're getting some stuff done. And if we can jump in and help, I mean, that's what the stewards are for. Yeah, in my current position, I would not, or in my current employer, I would not be able to kind of support in a large manner um, due to like whatever legal midnight um uh however whatever it's called but um yeah i think i think maybe in the next three or four years depending on where i'm at uh, with my career um and if i you know i'm with a different company a smaller company um that would be something that um i yeah thanks for thanks for mentioning that I'm, i'm definitely interested to see where that where that grows and if there are other similar um, communities and developments um, that end up coming to fruition. Exactly. Uh, I'm working on getting in touch with the guys who run the King's Hall, the Christendom 2.0 thing. Uh, I imagine they've probably got something out there along these lines that I don't know about yet, too, just considering the kind of things that these guys are doing. Uh, But back to... uh, uh, American reformer. Uh, I wanted to ask Titus: Are you still writing at all? <clears throat> On occasion, I haven't done much recently, but uh, I haven't had much. Uh, the inspiration has been building. Gotcha. What do you ask? Uh, I ask specifically because one of the things that uh, uh, Timon mentioned that they do need some writing on and that they do discuss quite frequently is elite theory, which I know is one of the things that you really enjoy diving into. Hmm. Interesting. I think it would be really beneficial if we could get a Lutheran voice in some of that. And, and he said specifically that that was the kind of thing that, that they could use is, you know, some Lutheran writings because, uh, or what rather, I'm sorry. He didn't say specifically that they could use Lutheran writings. He specifically said that we would be welcome to contribute to that. What was the, the name of the journal? American, American reformer. <clears throat> I have a contact, a, a good friend who, has done a lot of study onto elite theory and he's already gotten a lot of work uh, written up. So I'd probably I forward add, his contact and then um, any additional work that I can think of. I'd, I'd yeah. I was going to ask consider. about him. That's audacity, isn't it? Absolutely. Yep. I was going to ask if you'd uh, get him tied in as well. I'll, uh, I'll send him the information and see, see what happens. Yep. And uh, I will get you the direct email for the editor, and you just tell them that you know, I sent you, and 
things will be good to go. He's also after Drake's paper on uh, the use of religious rhetoric during the Civil War. Ooh. Yeah, we'll so, see how that goes. <laughs> so yeah, I'm quite interested on what kind of projects we can do together with them. And I guess from there, if it's if we're ready for it, Trent, are we ready to go over any of the statement paper? Yeah, we can dive into that. The uh, V7, of course, is the newest version. Um, yep, we've got we, an hour to spare, so I'm hoping that'll be enough. <laughs> just about. So, yeah, let's do this. The let me do it. Let me see if it'll actually. All right. Yeah, no, that's not going to do it. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Okay, so the document, when we finished working on that, I think I put it out there. This is before Christmas, after after Thanksgiving, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the, the ask, of course, was for feedback. The I've reached out to several people for feedback personally, um, family members, close friends, and then I've also reached out most recently to LCMS pastors um, just for their input as well. The the feedback that I have received, um, I, I want to say they fall into two camps, positive and negative. Um, <laughs> and that largely comes from I found more on where they stand personally on things. So okay. in terms of positive, um, the positive ones in that sense are um, a lot of it is if we could be a little more concise with how we say things, um, we kind of ramble a little bit. When it gets to the antis, the what we're doing is very, that's a very good section that had nothing but high marks. Um, but the anti section and um, just kind of how it goes on, um, that was really the biggest feedback there. If that could get tidied up, um, that would be good. And let me see here, there's a little bit more. Um, I mean, that's. It's mainly cleaning it up so it doesn't ramble so much. The other one was, okay, now that this has been written, it kind of needs a second document right away. Not so much of, <laughs> hey, here's... And that's really, I think, what I was kind of capturing. Because for people who aren't aware, V1 of this document was very much written in a positive lens um, for putting out kind of a picture of what we wanted. Um, and it morphed into this more negative lens where I was focusing on the things that we don't like um, with the antis, the idea behind that being um, it's easier to pull various peoples of different backgrounds together if you're focused on what you don't like as opposed to what you do want. Um, identify the enemy. Yeah, identify the enemy and then go from there. Um, the, the, and kind of, I added the little bit there before we get into the antis of what we're doing. Um, because there's how you can help at the very end, but what we're doing, I did those as a positive kind of each one of those bits 
would get then expanded effectively into refined version of what V1 was. Um, Because there's also been the ask for, hey, okay, say you align with all the antis and you agree with everything, you know, okay, now what? But then also, how do you go about doing those things? Um, So actually, one of my buddies that I went to college with, and he's more adverse with the military side of things because he's in the Air Force. Um, But there's a whole group of them doing stuff on that side. Um, Collis is on the call. Um, So he could probably um, talk a little bit more um, with other people wanted in terms of what, from a functional, practical standpoint of, okay, you want to get off the grid, what things you can, pr- you can actually do, um, how can, what can you do as opposed to just broad, sweeping ideas. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first camp. Um, and then the, and so one of the reasons why I'm reaching out particularly more pastors is the, there's the first camp that had, you know, it was kind of smaller outside of this group, because I also asked this group for feedback. The negative camp, um, that one, and people probably know where that probably come from, just who I talked to, but the the general consensus there was because this is a negative docket, not a positive document, is that immediately it's decisive or divisive, I should say, because churches will hear that. It, their mindset is more, if you're going to present this to say, a congregation and reasonably expect for them to be engaged, what you're really doing is you're putting together a, and not for me to be demeaning, but a pop-up book version of this to present to the Board of Elders and the Council, because unless it gets to the Board of Elders and Council, it pretty much doesn't matter. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. it goes to congregation and they have to vote on things, yada, 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 all that rigmarole. Um, But because it's a negative document, People read the negative and as quote unquote good Christians, they're like, well, yes, we agree with these things. We have some qualms, like, you know, an example, hey, in the anti-divorce section, you guys don't call out, well, what if there's abuse or if there is a uh, a break of trust in the relationship and that there's adultery or something like that. Well, that's not called out. So, hey, you know, kind of one of those gotcha moments. Um, and then the because it focuses so much on that and not so much what you're supposed to do, then it's also like, okay, well, it doesn't really, it doesn't say anything because there's nothing we can do here. Um, But of course I know already that a lot of things that, Hey, what would we do? They might not necessarily agree on because they don't agree on what we're actually against. Um, So it's, it's very much a, Hey, the docket needs to be rewritten again. Um, and in terms of us doing, say, this is, this is first document. And the second document is the positive vision. Once we have who our audience is, um, it's like, well, go first for the second document, which is the positive vision. And then maybe worry about the first document down the road and the, you know, the vibe there being, or the spirit there being is, Hey, um, the, what the first document says is very law heavy. And it is not on us to call others to repent. It's only on the Holy Spirit to call the people to, to repent. And that occurs whenever it happens. It's like, well, okay, we, we can all disagree with that. And I'm probably confident most of us do with that mentality um, because it just, it leaves wiggle room that's not supposed to be there. It allows things to occur that's not supposed to be there. Um, so that's, that's kind of the, the negative feedback that I've received. Um, and then also that the idea that we'd bring together different congregations, um, while very noble 
and should probably be done is extremely difficult because people the congregations aren't interested in talking to each other to begin with. And then you get into the whole, well, it's really hard to work with people in groups anyways. So don't even bother. Um, so there's <laughs> kind of, there's kind of that spirit um, throughout all that side of things, which is why I'm reaching out to more people on this. Um, Cause a lot of, a lot of the ideas, just the way that I think about things is that everything's connected. And until I can have a holistic understanding of it, um, I have a hard time going forward and saying, Hey, this is what I really believe. Cause there's that wiggle room. It's like, well, okay, 5%. I'm not terribly sure. And that dictates how I'm going to do something in the future. That's probably more of a per personality trait of mine. Um, that's why I reach out for more feedback on things, um, uh, which probably won't be coming soon. Um, this is something also that with, in terms of the document that we need to be aware of is that this is all going to take time. Kind of like the example of St. Mary's there that took 50 years to get that done. They had a, a goal and a, and a vision for sure. Um, but the, uh, in terms of having a new document put out there, um, cause I put a lot of work into that this last year, it's probably going to take quite a bit of time to get another one moving and grooving. Um, so just awareness on that front, but that's, that's really what I have to say about it. Um, I already have ideas for the second document that I want to write. And a lot of it is, like I said, kind of pulling in the very first version of the steward's document that was put forward, kind of capturing those good ideas, those good positive visions, and then saying, hey, this is what we're going for. And then particularly into the specifics of, hey, how you go about actually accomplishing that. That's kind of what I have to say on it. So if anybody else wants, has comments or feedback that they've been waiting to put forward or any other thing that I want to talk about regarding the document, they're more than welcome to. Yeah, well, thank you for all your work on that. Um, and thank you for... Um, kind of presented that way. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think um, all the points you made were, um, were were good, especially about creating a second document that that can easily be presented, easily digestible, mm -hmm. and something that would, if read, would would essentially garner enthusiasm from. Um, hey, this is cool. I want to be a part of this. So, mm -hmm. um, yep. I agree. One thing that springs immediately to mind for me is, well, the example that you used about divorce and the apology of that would be we're anti-divorce, we're also anti-abuse. Correct. You can't, yeah. uh, it, it, they're overlooking, if they're latching onto something like that, they're overlooking the fact that, you know, Anti-divorce means you're also anti anything that would lead up to one. Correct. Yeah, and it's and that's why you use some of the terminology they did in terms of spirit and then gotcha, um, mm -hmm. because it's very much. I think anybody, and this is probably more me speaking towards it because I wrote it, but and I know who I am, but I think anybody who reads this document and hates sin and loves God will automatically agree with this document. It might be a little tedious to get through, but they'll look at it and they go, yes, thank you. Somebody's actually saying this. Um, right. Because it's also realizing that there's work that needs to be done. Um, and it might not be work that has been done before or thought that needed to be done before, which that's actually kind of another, another view that kind of in terms of feedback is that the work that we're setting out doing, it's not that bad out there. And so we're kind of overreacting. I don't think we are because we all have our experiences and that feedback kind of came more from the, the great Lutheran bubble 
um, where, you know, depending on how you view things, um, things aren't that bad. But again, you, how people respond to certain things will show an indicator of where they're at in their faith walk and how their life's going. Um, and I, I think it very much is, if you hate sin and you love God, you will agree with this document. Again, it might be tedious, but I, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I think the second document needs to be written, but yeah. Right. Yeah. The question so, is, the question is writing it without watering down. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because condensing is easy until you realize, wait a minute. Now we haven't conveyed this one point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Almost like you need to have a one page summary of everything. And then every subsequent page needs to be an essentially an apology of everything that's on that first page. Um, you know, there's uh, I'm going to kind of go on a tangent here. Um, one of the things that we're working on also, uh, just before, so I can get out of the way, uh, you pointed out I'm in the Air Force, uh, so therefore I have to tell you these opinions are mine and my own, don't reflect the official position of DOD, Air Force, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm also not in uniform nor on duty, so I can do this in my private capacity. Um, but one of the things uh, that we've, you know, on my front, um, we're kind of fighting the the anti-COVID-19 mandate from the religious front, uh, which is a nightmare, honestly, um, but also trying to hold people accountable for straight up breaking the law. And one of the things that we're doing I'm going to use this as an example because I, I like using analogies. Um, I'm posting in the chat one of the the things that the militaryaccountability.net used to be .com. But it's basically a one-page document of like, you know, a group of people coming together. And this is what we're doing to try holding people accountable. Basically pulling retired people back from active or retirement, pulling back into active duty, trying to court-martial them for abusing the law or breaking the law because that's just, it's not happening. Um and this specific document has 231 signatures on it um, with a couple thousand people supporting it as well. Um, and these are just some of the efforts that we're doing. But what this document is, is this is like that front page of what you guys are trying to do. Like if you could get that flyer version of what you're trying to do into one page and then every subsequent page be an apology. Because with this this document there, I think there's two books that are written to kind of provide background information. Um, some of these guys are going out on podcasts and, you know, getting interviews with some some people you could probably name drop almost. Um, so, you know, there's people doing a lot of legwork to try to support this one document. Um, because, like you've mentioned, a lot of people don't have uh, or people don't have a huge attention span when it comes to, um, well, anything really. Uh, so being able to summarize everything on one page. And then if anyone has questions, you'd be like, hey, we have resources right here. Right. You know, we've already explained this. Or these are how these two ideas interrelate. Or these are our experiences. Right. Um, have those ready to go. Um, so that's that's kind of where that um, comes in. Um, so, for example, um, you know, there's a, a small list of redacted names. If you scroll through far enough, I'm probably well, you're not going to see my name in there because um, it's redacted. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I'm working on some things in the background uh, to kind of support this effort but okay. you're not going to see it on that front page. So, you know, everyone's going to have a separate role in that. So, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. And I also uh, kind of support what he said about the, you know, we have all these ideas, you know, this, this general framework. And listening in on you guys earlier, it sounds like a lot of you guys are doing some good work in your local communities. Um, but there's always that kind of element of what if. 
Um, and that's kind of, I think, with the second more technical follow-on document of what are we going to do? Um, you know, let's say some, in my case, you know, a subgroup of our, our network is focused on what happens if something catastrophic happens? What happens if we all lose the internet? How do we still communicate? Mm -hmm. um, how do we still get food and all that kind of thing? Um, so having a, a follow-on document of of an idea of, and we can, you know, you can work on this in tangent with your the philosophy document that he's 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 putting forward right now, because this applies currently. Um, you know, this is what you're doing. These are, you know, these are A, B, and C, and we're moving on from these A, B, and C to, you know, create the follow-on products. I'm probably talking too much, but anyway. <laughs> no, you're fine. I I I like yeah. that about the uh, bullet point page on the front that that summarizes it well it's almost like a instead of a thesis paragraph it's a thesis page and then everything after that is the apology for it i i think that's probably uh it's almost certainly worth exploring for the way we're handling that especially in our twitter post culture Yeah, uh, one one comment I would like to make is probably less of a what if and more of a because if, um, because we know that the devil is in, is is at work in this world, um, we we know that degeneracy um, and moral decay and things will cause bad things to happen, and the the, the focus that we're doing is is um, Establishing Sorry. communities so that regardless of, you know, what happens, the what if on this, this, you know, it, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. uh, what happens and not necessarily specific. What if this specific thing happens, but um, essentially guiding our, our community, our families, our churches, um, and, and ultimately our cities, uh, our communities. Um, around the word of God and, and around, um, around Christ and his promises. And, uh, he promises to, um, to give, uh, when we ask, he promised, uh, asking you shall receive, knock on the door shall be open to you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, I think that that's what our focus would be on is, is asking Christ for the things, um, that, that he has promised to his people. Um, and then, then, building our lives around that. Yeah. So as far as our current document goes, Trent, uh, what do you think we're doing with it at the moment? Uh, is so it ready to go up for a vote or is it, uh, is it going to go through another iteration? I think it's going to go through another iteration um, just All to right. make it cleaner. And I want more, I want more feedback just in general. Um, I know there's certain things that think, because we've, I mean, a lot of the group that's here spent a lot of time actually working on that document directly. Mm -hmm. So they've seen a lot of it. Um, but I know from my own standpoint that there's different ways it can be cleaner. I know it can be, um, it can convey some of the ideas better. And I want to clean that up um, before it gets out. So the the uh, 
And the, the other thing too is that in terms of cycle time, in terms of how quickly you know this feedback comes, um, the uh, the folks that I reached out to that I really wanted feedback on, you know, everybody's got busy lives, um, and it wouldn't be you know within this quarter. We'd probably looking at quarter two and a quarter two where I'd have all that feedback and I have a, another version of the document to give out um, or rehash. Um, so pretty much six months from now, um, which you know okay. can be disappointing from one side or the other, but I think it's worthwhile taking the time. Not that, okay, we have to get it right, um, but I think there's, I think it's still, there's something that's missing. There's something just saying to me, something, there's something here. Um, okay. And then I think that also gives me time to kind of go ahead and write um the the second document start doing that work and then also looking at hey actually morphing this over into that thesis page follow-up apologies um I, I think that's i think that's where those are at um i think the form here is going i think a lot of the content here and a lot of it is just how what's the form um i think it's nailing down that form so it's presentable and digestible um okay that's that's my opinion on it. Uh, have you tapped Drake yet for any copy editing services? I have not tapped him yet. No, I have not. Yeah, I... Uh, well, how, do, how do I put it? I'm reasonably decent at condensing certain things. I don't know... I would be more oh. than happy to take a crack at the, uh, the document and see about, uh, you know... Let's put it this way. My marriage paper, Drake was my copy editor on that. As it stands, it's still 25 pages long. Without him, it probably would have been 30. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, once is that feedback's in, um, and I did some work here, I'll get, some, I'll get that stuff over to you, Drake. Because um, I, think, I think there's some refinement that needs to get done um, before it goes to copyright, um, the copy editing. So. Um, that's what that said. I, I greatly appreciate everybody who did, uh, join in and all the meetings and know that there, there's quite a few in there and, uh, there's a lot of really good discussion. It'll be very good to see, um, the final, final finished product. I know I keep saying, Hey, we're this close or that close and it keeps getting pushed out, but <laughs> I think, I think it's worthwhile doing what we can to be concise and succinct in our, in our language. Um, yeah. which actually was yeah. which i mean the thing yeah. is right we're not just sitting here discussing like people who are in this are also doing things yes. already outside of it so it's not like we're being inactive right yep so it's it's, it's, yep. it's worth taking the time to get the foundation solid yep here's what we're doing yeah in effect the paper is mostly to make it easier to invite other people to join in the work with us. Right. And so that invitation needs to be as inviting as possible. <laughs> yeah. It's more for their sake and less for ours. Pretty much. Yeah. We already kind of know what we're doing. We might not be able to articulate it at times, but we already kind of know what we're doing. Precisely. So. Yeah. Uh, it looks like we have about 30 minutes left. Um, how about we work on some of our projections for the next month or two? What what projects are in the works right now that we want to see grow 
in, in the winter period before spring hits. For my part, I've got the, the church that mm-hmm. uh, Drake is helping me plant. Um, the big thing that I've got to do there is secure the funding. So th- things along those lines, because once spring hits, I'd love to already have that funding in place so that we can start holding weekly services. As it is right now, we're holding them monthly. As soon as warm weather hits, I'd love to be using the picnic shelter and you know getting people in that building every week. And unlike the rest of the churches around here, I'd like it to be open at least two days a week. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I, I was asking. Mine is to finish the rendering for uh, for Lyra and hopefully help uh, Chris set up some sort of uh, kind of advertisement and uh, display of here's what here's what Lyra could be. Um, it's gonna be really really awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where all that goes. Me too. Uh, my my son's listening in on this conversation, Pastor Morunde. He was already planning on coming to visit you in uh, about two years. Well, no, actually, about three years. I imagine he's even more excited now. That's great. That's great. Get him in the pipeline. Get him out here. <laughs> yeah. I won't. I haven't narrowed down what I want it to be completely, but I want to start something at least similar. Along those lines, specifically for the South and, you know, especially the Carolinas. Because it's my place and I want to help take care of it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not so much of a, a goal, but more of a question. Is there a uh, independent telecommunications infrastructure from, uh, say, Wisconsin all the way down to uh, Missouri. When you say independent, do you mean independent of Discord or independent of the standard grid? Standard grid. I would guess that there is not. (laughs) There are ways to do communications outside of utilizing the internet and or the general telephone services. Um, and this kind of goes back to the, uh, the document and kind of like one of the follow-on documents where you need to have kind of like, this is who we are and why we're doing what we're doing, but also we need to have, this is what we are doing and how we are executing, maintaining in contact should any contingencies, uh, pop up or we need to utilize other sources of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, So that there's kind of like a standardized, it'd be almost like a living document, but it would Mm -hmm. be a standardized way that we would all have, you know, paper copies like, oh, the internet's down. Um, You know, this is the process if we we need to get back in touch with everybody. This would be the plan. Um, And that's something that I'm kind of here to maybe guide and direct towards. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of, Something that I'm I'm getting a lot of reverb on someone's mic. Um, I just fixed it. <laughs> that was my son. It sounded yeah. like he started choking on something. <laughs> well, I was I was getting the, the reverb back through uh, my own voice. So that was weird. Um, anyway, oh, okay. uh, yeah. So you know, like I said, you know, 
there's a, a big religious issue in the military with them not accepting any of our accommodations, despite them being grounded in like a whole, you know, it's not just like you mentioned earlier, it's not just something you do for two hours on Sunday morning. It's literally how you live your life. And leadership just doesn't get that. So, right. um, you know, there's a subgroup of us that have networked and are really interested in, you know, if power goes out tomorrow and anarchy, anarchy erupts, what do we do? How do we feed our families? Not that I'm married or have kids or anything. Um, but like, how do we feed our families or how do we support our local community? And you guys have a lot of good efforts in play right now. And I was actually really surprised and happy to hear all that. Um, especially with the, the trade school, um, I think was it, was it Alira or something like that? You know, that yes. was a, that was like a, a light bulb. I'm like, that's amazing. Um, but you know, having comms, you know, there's, there's different ways to do that. Um, and the first one that comes to mind is like ham radio, or there's a GRM. GMRS uh, radio system that kind of floats that general region that uh, Wisconsin to uh, Missouri, Missouri, uh, Missouri region. So there are options, but that is something we do need to flesh out. And it is something that is outside the, the normal realm of common knowledge. Um, so it is something you may need to get licenses for. Uh, you know, you might I, have to put a little I money. I was actually thinking of exactly that, that uh, as you were speaking about all this ham radio is what kept popping in my mind. And yeah, if Everybody that's just in this meeting today, if we just got our ham licenses and set up what we need, we've got communication across uh, one, two, five, six, seven, eight, at least eight states. Yeah, I'd, I'd say something similar to that, especially even just an entry level license. It's fairly easy to study for if you have any technical background whatsoever. Right. Um, and it, it's a, I would argue I don't have my license yet. I'm studying for it. But the, the questions aren't that difficult for even an entry level. And it'll give you the capability to think um, fairly well, communicate across that range. And even just going up to level two, you know, then we'd have some more technical people in our midst to be able to help uh, troubleshoot. Um, because it's it's you know but once you're in you know you have access to that entire community and they're just full of knowledge you know kind of right. like a, a threshold you know once you're in like you have access to the people that can help you even if they don't necessarily align with all of our, our objectives and i would also argue people that are interested in that are also probably going to be similarly aligned you know maybe not for the same Typically. reasons that we are but you know i'm sure there's a lot of uh uh you know quote unquote preppers out there that have some ideas that would contribute well. Right. So we we do not have a uh, secondary or tertiary communication system set up. That would seem to be the case. You're saying as a replacement for this? Yeah. As of right now, no. There's some stuff in the works in terms of alternate platforms, um, but those haven't been fully flushed out yet. Um, in terms of actual audio comms, radio, and stuff like that, that's something myself and some of my buddies in the area and some of my buddies from college who are like-minded individuals, um, we've been looking for it as well. So what, what Kyle is saying about, hey, you know, like-minded people are getting into you know, ham and all that, it very much is a passing of the guard right now. Uh, we're passing mm -hmm. the torch. Um, a lot of the old, you know, not to use FUD as a derogatory term, but the, the old crowd of the ham radio 
um, they're kind of fading away and then it's a newer generation that's coming in and we're very much using it for of less of a hobby interest and more of a just a practical use interest because we see a need for it mm-hmm. um, and that that's something that is observed and i would also like to add you know you think ham radio you think voice communications mostly but there are ways to do things like email over a ham radio yep so there is it's a bit slower way but... to do that <laughs> yeah but it's still a more reliable system than something that doesn't operate at the time exactly and uh, the excellent thing about all of this is all it takes is a generator you don't have to be on the grid for any of it power goes down for six months so long as you've got that generator and some fuel and the protocol that says you know everybody is going to be on at 8 p.m central standard time every third sunday of the month you're able to get your communications and you're able to drag that out forever because you're going to take care of things and you're going to log back off and turn your generator off to save your fuel In fact, uh, I hate going to sci-fi for uh, for the way things are planning, but uh, what was the name of that show? Revolution, where you know, grid's completely down, but that's how they keep some of the communications going. It's just conserving fuel and ham radio. Yeah. You can buy a and you another can, thing about buy a, radio, a uh, solar generator for three grand just yep. that a few weeks ago, or just a few days ago, I should say. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. <clears throat> and then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you only have to have a license for ham radio if you're transmitting? That is correct. You can receive free of charge. That's what I thought. So, yeah. So long as we have enough people who can legitimately, who can legally transmit, everybody else can get the equipment. It doesn't matter just as long as you, you know, never toggle your mic on. (laughs) Yep. And if you set up enough repeaters Um, with different technologies, that, that area spreads. And that does raise an interesting question, because when you start talking repeaters, you start talking a lot of energy. When you start talking energy, you have to think, where does it come from? Um, You know, a generator may be good for a home use, but a repeater is going to start putting out some larger power and cover a larger area. Mm -hmm. Also, when you start talking generator, you're talking fuel, and then you start talking, okay, does this cut into what I need to use to run my farm equipment? You know, what do you have reserves there? Mm -hmm. So securing a, a energy source so far as like a petrol product energy source, I think, you know, obviously I'm coming at this from a slightly more catastrophic point of view than probably a lot of you. Um, But also that's because I'm in the military and we know what's going on and what's probably going to happen. I'm thinking about Venus. So, so, you know, being able to secure the ability to operate almost independently is, is, probably the ideal state even if it's not something that we can you know snap our fingers and do it right now yeah you want to mention your off grid water wheels um 
I, I don't want to get fined by whatever government agency may, that may regulate those. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just going to say, if you get property, maybe put it on a stream and, you know, make sure that it includes a, a stream or two ponds with the different water levels. And uh, maybe you could do some engineering things and produce electricity. I don't know. But uh, I do have some ideas. But again, I don't want to get fined by what the EPA or whoever runs runs that stuff. Because mm -hmm. a lot of it probably isn't legal without licenses, and I also don't own property, so <laughs> unfortunately. Well, the thing about that is, all that is is transfer of mechanical en energy into electrical energy, and there are so 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 many ways to do that. Sure, if uh, if you can do it through some kind of water wheel, excellent. You can also do the exact same thing with a bicycle. And nobody's going to find that. Yeah. Um, and I'm a cyclist, so. <laughs> and a lot of you guys have multiple kids, so I think you're set. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. As long as you're doing it for the right reason. <laughs> well, guys, we've got... Oh, 20 minutes left. Uh, Titus, do you have any ideas for what our four bullet points between now and the next meeting should be? Actually, could I, um, sorry, you, uh, the previous line item was what is your plan in the next, what, two or three months? Um, yes. Does anyone, can we go to round table? What's your plan for 50 to 100 years? Wait, short term? Let's, years. Let's, we just oh, did short term. Let's boy. go long term. 50 to 100 years. Uh, Drake knows about this. Pastor McCall knows about this. Um, this church that I'm working on planting, if I can take it where I'm trying to take it, it's going to be the first of a circuit. I I don't intend to stop with one. Yep. Yeah, I can I can be along for the ride on that one. But uh fifty year plan. Tons of tons of young Lutheran families gathered together, uh perhaps uh on this very property and on the, the land around here, uh in community and fellowship with one another, producing food for, for each other for their local community. And uh thriving uh, uh little rural churches that what hit them when a bunch of uh, <laughs> when a bunch of uh young families who want to live on the <laughs> land start showing up <laughs> second that last one just i have nothing to start with right now so a little farther out than 50 years i mean is cult leader still an open position <laughs> it's probably going to become more and more open considering the uh, Texan elephant in the room mine is if there is ever a second Luther Classical College and if that location ends up being eastern Iowa because all the prices are living in eastern Iowa um, <laughs> uh, I'd like to I'd like to build a cathedral 
uh, to rival St. Mary's Cathedral. Ooh. Um, Ooh, and, I like and, that. and have the have the Luther Classical College in Iowa built around that. I mean, the 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 college would come first, but design a plan for the college, for an eventual future cathedral, and we could have the the very first Lutheran cathedral <laughs> in the world. I'd say almost just focus on the cathedral first. But <laughs> I'm no, I, I would say focus same. on the college first and the cathedral second. But I'm, I'm oh, yeah, the, co- the, co- the college the town will, yeah, the college town will uh, definitely help support a cathedral. So that that that'll that'll help pay for the thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, fifty to hundred years for me. Um, most people who know me know I don't like moving, even though I've moved recently. Um, the idea is to be implanted here on the other side of the border um, from where I work, which is a refinery. The children, largely males, would be trained up in the various trades directly related to the refinery because that's what their father did. Um, and then, of course, the daughters being mirrored off to good and suitable men in the local community. But I want a Lutheran church here in Solvin because there is not one. I either have to drive over to Illinois or drive up to Indiana. I like going into the one in Indiana because it's uh, Manuel Lutheran Terre Haute, which is a, uh, a Jerusalem effect. I won't use the term Mecca here because that's not a proper term for Christians to use, in my, in my, uh, my opinion, Mount Zion approach. But the uh, having a Lutheran footprint somewhere where it previously had not been, I think, is very much a worthwhile goal and something striving after. Yes. Anybody it's else? That, it's something that certainly requires a lot of thought. But what has uh, a few refrains have consistently popped up. Uh, one is keep walking to church, but. I've had and I've had the good fortune of doing that. Even uh, last Sunday, it was just a little below zero, uh, and Ooh. I unwisely forgot to wear a a, a hat because I had uh, spent a little time in the morning getting the hair under control, and I didn't want to just put a hat over it. But uh, in retrospect, not a wise idea. But to not be alone in the walk, um, not necessarily talking during the walk, but greeting others, coming out of their doors, coming to the same parish, uh, having those in my physical proximity who attend the same altar that I do, uh, to go there and rest. Uh, The service already is such a, a, a blessing, but regardless of what the church looks like to come together with the people of God to sing, to delight in the beauty of Zion. Uh, The second thought, whether it applies to the previous or not, uh, is that it is the, is my family, um, to 
well, if we're talking 100 years, I don't think I'm going to make it another 100 years, but another 95, 90, no, not 95, 90, let's say 90. Um, 116 would be nice. And children's children's children, um, I believe. The fourth generation, uh, or fifth, yeah, let's do fifth generation. Um, how many generations did Job see? That would be good. That would be enough. What would enough be? Enough be, it would be what I have, but to, to see them come, to see them stand firm in the faith, uh, to have them know who they're, who, who I am, and uh, more accurately, through me, that they might see Christ, and that that might be a light to those around me. Not just in my physical proximity, but ultimately, that's not, while that would be blessed, uh, that, at that at that level, um, that God would allow wherever it is that they pitch their tents to be blessed through them. Uh, we are pilgrims on the earth. And while I do want to build something where I am because it is the city in which I dwell, and therefore in its peace I find peace, I have seen enough in my own life of the travels that I've had to know that uh, there may need to be a contingent of missionaries that goes forth from whatever it is that we have to, to do good somewhere else, to do good wherever we can. And Lord willing, we grow so much that we have to. But uh, while respecting the land to recognize that there is much of it and there are many who need the gospel, who need the good news. So while we may be building to reestablish ourselves in the land, we need to look out and see those who need what we have. So the third thought is in the next hundred years to um, increase prosperity in the greater Chicago area. And have it be governed by wise men. Ultimately, while it is good for us to look for ways to retreat, what, what do we do if the internet doesn't go out? We ought to spend at least as much time considering that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not something that we tend to be comfortable with. So because God is the only one who provides daily bread, I assume that... Uh, he is equipping us so that we will not starve, but the poor as well, we ought to consider. And if there are ways that we can use the tools that he's given us to benefit the poor, uh, to set free the captives in debt slavery or time slavery or... Uh, who are filled with despair to find a way to, to help them as times inevitably become hard as they are now uh, to give them the comfort of the gospel 
and through the wisdom that the scriptures provide for there to be an increase in the prosperity of the people, however you would define prosperity, uh, could work, but more specifically that it would be better for them. I don't, I don't want the city to be destroyed, and I do not want them to lose their stranglehold over the state of Illinois, necessarily. If that stranglehold were based on wisdom, and not right. based on the, the corruption of pride in all of its forms, but that, that term especially, uh, if, they would, if they would be righteous kings. And that may mean macro ag in some ca- in some cases i don't think that's the wisest way to do things but mm-hmm. if if it's not the wisest way to do things if regenerative agriculture is in fact wise then it will be victorious when wisdom governs our our actions and because because all governance is played out by wisdom that is, you only stay in power if you have wisdom. If you don't, somebody wiser than you will find a better way to rule. Uh, to, to shortcut all of the pain that's being caused and just get straight to the wisdom. And we'll just, well, can, we, can we get good rule in our, in our principalities? Um, that would be the best outcome. Uh, that the gospel would spread across the land and that we could live in freedom of conscience and if anything we had to preach against the affluence blinding us to the scriptures but it did if you look back 50 years we 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 missed what we should have been caring for and uh, this has come upon us in many ways i think because we we forgot and while we turn back to the Lord, we should not necessarily consider that the tools he has developed for taking care of the poor in the meantime, which our enemies are using against us, mm-hmm. are, are bad. Uh, just because we can't control them does not mean that they are out of our control. It just means we need to pray. Right. I think it's pretty much time for us to get ready to close from there. Um, anybody have anything to add to that? I'd like to see in the next hundred years is um, unity among Christians. This is an interden- interdenominational effort, and I think that that's mm-hmm. like a really fantastic step. Um, but there is truth. It's Jesus. It, there is, there, there is one way, one truth, one life. And I want to see unity among Christians because I think that that um, disunity that we've seen for the last, well, for a very long time um, is something that it just isn't attractive to people who are looking for purpose, who are looking for a way to live their lives, who are dissatisfied. They see the dissatisfaction that Christian ha- Christians have amongst each other. Um, I would like to see the stewards be a big part of finding unity among Christians. Yeah. To 
to spring off of that and what Titus said. Um, how best to put it. And actually going back to the beginning of the meeting too. You know, the Calvinists are not our enemies. The Catholics are not our enemies. The Lutherans are not our enemies. Our enemies are very easy to see because they've all got bright pink and purple and blue hair and what have you. And they're screaming about us. Well, they're screaming about us trying to defend our children (laughs) and our livelihoods and what have you. So at the moment, you know, as Christians, for the most part, we really don't have time to argue about the means of grace. We don't have time to argue about, you know, the exact method by which salvation works. Would it be nice to be back at a time where we can argue about that again? Sure. It it would be wonderful to be able to focus on theological debates again. And it would also be wonderful coming out of what Cora said, if we could do that in a bit more friendly fashion than we have done it for the last thousand years. I I disagree about the nature of time. So your your phrasing, I disagree with. It is a matter of what the focus is. Politically, it's not our, it can't be our priority. That's what I mean, yes. That is, for the sake of the people, there are more important, there are battles that are directly in front of us. Exactly. That being said, certain distinctions do matter. Oh, they certainly need to make that important. And yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's argument that distinctions don't matter or that we should overcome them. I think the argument being put forward is that we recognize those distinctions, but also recognize that we have a higher priority than it's not that these don't matter or that we can't, you know, discuss and disagree over these things even now, but that we shouldn't let that get in the way of doing what we need to do for the good of the people as well. Mm-hmm. Time was probably a poor choice of wording. I probably should have said the energy. We, we've got a lot more things that, I mean, are literally threatening our kids' lives at this point. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, focus on that to the point of, you know, neglecting their salvation. But uh, at course. the same time, at, at the same time, you know, we have put, like I said, for the last thousand years, a lot, a lot, a lot of energy into these arguments uh and i mean the simple fact is the energy that we put into these arguments literally led to the fall of constantinople (laughs) one of the analogies that i like to use in these kinds of cases because in this the whole COVID 19 religious accommodation fight it's people across all denominations Uh, sometimes you get you know the catholic versus protestant debate going on that just goes on for days yeah but at the end of the day, you know, we're all at the same table eating the same, you know, the same supper, the same dinner, and we're all in the same family here. And we can discuss the minutia and we can debate those over the table. But when we get it from the table and we go outside and we do 
work, you know, whether it's like a capital W work doing the kingdom's work or whether we are, you know, just simply going out to garden or, you know, raise kids or whatever. You know, we still do that with a united front. We can, we can kind of bicker on the inside. You know, we can be like that, that family that just, you know, maybe the uncle and the other uncle don't talk to each other at dinner. But, you know, maybe that's just for a season or until they can realize, well, we're, we're all at the same table anyway. And I think that's really the biggest thing to take away from is, you know, we're all, you know, as long as you sit at the table and you, at the very minimum, you know, believe that Christ died for your sins. That's kind of the, the, the sole requirement, you know, to put it bluntly, to sit at that table. The, the issue the issue that I would have with what you said is the, the, the problem of the analogy of the table is a very difficult one when talking about <laughs> Christian matters. Yeah. It's it's a very, so very the, the, uh, inaccurate analogy, but that's how I just sum it up in my head. I'm like, this is not something I need to focus on because this is something we can talk about because we all believe in Christ and we all have the same motivations for what yeah. we're doing so in, from slightly different perspectives. In many ways, it's not about necessarily eating together. I think maybe a, me- a better way to think about it, maybe l- look at the Amish. I guarantee that when you get into their community gatherings, there are people that absolutely despise each other. They would rather they never had to look at each other. But the end of, But at the end of the day, when it's time for a barn to go up, it goes up. Yeah. So can we get the barns? Like can we get the barns going up without having to share dinner? Because that's honestly yeah. part of that's the literally problem. one of the biggest arguments. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no, I, the Amish thing is actually a really good analogy. If we don't, if we don't build the barns. We don't have barns or at the very least it's going to be harder and we're making it harder on ourselves than it needs to be mm-hmm. because we're all trying to get our own little piece. Uh, so if we don't have the, the barns, if we don't have though. the silos, we don't even have the grain to make the bread to argue about what the bread is. Oh, but perhaps <laughs> maybe we just don't have as much. Yeah, <laughs> the Lord, the Lord will preserve His people, so we can continue to trust that. But do we want what level of oppression do we want to live under? Exactly. And we should seek the good uh, for the neighbor. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to point out the obvious and just say that we did just have a mini theological. Argument just so everybody's aware. The irony is not lost on me. <laughs> and yet and yet coming at the end of a conversation about how to work together for interdenominational success. And that's that's I guess my thinking that that's that's how it has to happen. Mm-hmm. If we can't if we cannot speak about the distinctions clearly and honestly, then, then frankly, the, the, the problem is that those who do actually take the theology seriously will instinctually have issues with the cooperation mm-hmm. because they will recognize the problems of diluting the truth by working with somebody who is wrong. Yes. And if we don't explicitly say, yeah, we disagree. So what? Yeah. We, have, we have battles to fight. 
we'll fight the, those the, we'll fight those yeah. disagreements when we get there. The vision of this is not a Presbyterian, a Lutheran, and a Roman Catholic just pretending they don't have differences. The vision is the Lutheran, the Presbyterian, and the Roman Catholic all roasting each other over theology while working together on a project. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Brotherly. And that's love. that's why I mentioned the, the I mentioned the, the supper thing is like you can debate these things. And that's it's not necessarily eating thing, it's the debating thing across the table. You can do that, but when you go outside and do the work, you're raising the barn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of you guys fleshed out a little better than I did. Yeah. For the kingdom. No As further disagreement. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Titus, could I could I invite you again to give us another three to four points? Well, let's see. What did we get last time? Uh, last time it was touch grass, invite someone over, meet someone from a nearby church, and identify one to three things about your locality that bother you. Okay. Um Well, I suppose one of the, the, the logical escalation of touchgrass is um, walk around your neighborhood. If you want to know who your neighbors are, you have to know who they are. You don't have to meet them yet, but you should at least look around. And that's a, that's a good first step to finding that. Um, Alas, I have no neighborhood. <laughs> If you live in the country, like walk to your walk to the nearest person who is between it's, you it's, and you. It, uh, if it's fourteen really miles, for, that was the joke for Adam's sake mainly. Uh, I'm in if, a kind if of it's a weird 14, situation. If it's fourteen miles, it's fourteen miles. If you live on a boat, okay, fine. But <laughs> that's the that's the goals. one. That's the one exception. Um, Life goals live on the briny blue. Oh. Uh, Uh, as regards to the fourth point, so I think I think uh, go for a walk. So walk the walk the neighborhood, and this is I mean neighborhood. As far as just understanding sec- physical security too, mm-hmm. who, what's what are the what are the weaknesses? What are the assets? You know, are you intending to live alone with your little plot of land where you raise your family all by yourself? No, you're not. You're wanting to build, if anything, a compound. But compound, you, you want to build a, a city. That's what we're trying to build, cities. Mm-hmm. Places Very where much. people live together with a wall around it. That's, that's what everyone wants, is a city where they feel at home. So um, we've identified issues um, Think of what kind of person you would need to be for you to fix those issues in 30 years. Uh, 
how can you change to have the ability to do that? And that might mean, you know, okay, so I need to be, I need to go from where I am now to being someone with more authority than I have now so that I could actually just be the dictator. Ah, finally, I decide Uh this. Well, okay, but even the dictator, if the dictator dictates it and the people don't follow and the people just kick you out and change their mind, you've done nothing. So how do you persuade the people? How do you convince the people? How do you subtly just move them? Can I just start doing things a certain way and then it'll just end up that way if I do this consistently for 30 years and invite other people to do it with me? Uh, what can I, what could I start doing? Not right now, but 10 years from now to slowly become that person. Cause that way you don't have to do anything now. Uh, you can just be lazy now. And then in 10 years, make the decision. All right, now I can finally do this. Cause I'm, I'm actually sick of this and I've grown enough as a human being to realize this is the right course of action. Uh, I, what kind uh, of person do I need to become? Please. Uh, I would actually argue that your walk your neighborhood is not the extension of touch grass. I think it's the extension of meet someone from a nearby church. What do you think the extension of touch grass is? Grow a plant. I was thinking he was going there. (laughs) Plants. Doesn't matter what. If it can be food, great. But you've touched the grass. Now take dominion over it. Grow something. Grow something intentionally. And care for it. Yes, and care for it. (laughs) How about this? One, grow something green-ish. Green-ish? To survey the city, mm. you always, you you live in a city whether you realize it or not. Survey it, um, and then three, getting into Titus, becoming that person to fix the problems that need to be fixed, which really is just abiding by our calling as sons and children of God, as images of God, realizing who our Father is and becoming like Him. Um, help somebody. Doesn't matter who it is, but find somebody who could use some help. Whether it's talking to them, you could share a meal again. It could be moving stuff around. Find somebody to help because everybody needs help. And a lot of times, when you think you need help, really what you need to do is help somebody else, and that's enough. I like that. So what I'm seeing here is grow something green-ish. Survey your city slash neighborhood.
in a positive sense. Yeah. Find someone to help and plan what it means to be a person who can fix a major problem within 30 years. Sound about right? Mm-hmm. Good to me. Well, guys, with that, I am going to need to log off. I've got to get to work. Uh, Titus, you want this recording for your podcast, don't you? Are you there? Probably. All right. I will get the link to you so that that can happen. Uh, nice thing about the software that we're using now is every one of us has an individual track. Okay. Interesting. So volume can be uh, edited individually with very little trouble. I've experimented with it some already. It's pretty nice. Wait. All right. Well, I'm going to stop the recording now. Uh, oh, actually, before I do, is Pastor McCall still with us? Pastor McCall? Uh, I, think he, I think he yeah, departed. Yep. There he is. There he is. Would you be willing yeah, to close this in prayer? Sure thing. Yeah, are you about ready? I believe so. All right, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, we give you glory for directing all of our steps to this day, both of the individual paths that you have brought together in this uh, blessing of communication that you've given to us on Discord. We pray that you go with us as we go now our separate paths and all of the, the lives that you have uh, ordained for us guide our steps, provide for us as we know you will as a good and gracious Father. Give us the wisdom that we desire for um, we know that you can hear it in our voices and our hearts that we crave it, that you uh, lead and guide us in, in all of our ways. Glorify your name in our lives. Let us be the examples that you desire us to be as we bear your holy name. Protect us. Show us um, all of your ways in our lives that we need to uh, we need to see both to your delight and ours. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, everybody. And that was good to see. Uh, good to see the whole crowd all at once. Yeah, and let's aim for a little bit less than six months this time around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I will see y'all later. See y'all around. God bless you, fellas. Uh, Peace. Yeah, I got nowhere to be. <laughs> Looks like we still got a recording going. Yeah.